This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. In front of a live virtual audience on the Duck Pond, Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, live. Mallard.com, M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D.com. One more thing before we start. Let me turn it over to my friend that you may know from Ancient Aliens and the Curse of Oak Island and many other things, Robert Clotworthy. On the Malliard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the hosts and guests and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcasts, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. On the Malliard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the show are solely those of the hosts and guests and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcast, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. I want to welcome everybody in tonight. My guest tonight is Neil Lockman. He is the self-described disruptor of the space industry. Neil is the principal founder of Titans Universe, which he has envisioned as a consolidator, build, or consolidator builder, and development of unique and disruptive projects while creating incredible value for humanity. Neil has more than 33, biz, 33 years of business experience, including 27 years of investing, finance, telecom, and technology. He's currently serving as the CEO of Titan Space Industry. Welcome, Neil, to the report. Neil, how are you doing tonight? Thank you, uh, Jim. I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. So first and foremost, happy belated birthday. Yesterday was your birthday. Uh, thank you. I, I, I did light a candle, but I don't want you to blow it out. So there's that. Uh, that's unrelated. <laughs> uh, and, uh, so you're you're in beautiful Bosnia, so it's really early there, right? 3 a.m., I think you told me. So thank you for making yeah, some time for me. Of course, you were telling me you don't normally sleep at this time of day anyway, so you're roaring to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. And so the other thing you, you, you said, well, you posted this on Twitter the other day, well, yesterday. This is your first media since 2016, so why the Mauer Report? Yeah, uh, first of all, because I like you. <laughs> well, so, thank you. <laughs> um, and, you know, the thing is, your audience is totally different from what I would pursue usually, right? So, basically, it would be um, technology, telecom, uh, media, or, um, uh, like, um, a space uh, uh uh, media, right? So uh, when you approached me, I thought, okay, let's do this. And also because you had in your in your description that you uh, interview thought leaders, and I think we are thought leaders in what we're doing. So quite a good fit after all. Yeah, I was going to say, you definitely are, because as, as we were just talking a little bit, I try to cover a wide range of things, but it's hard to kind of put that in words at times. So let's back up a little bit. <laughs> What got you, I'm assuming that you were a little boy, always fascinated in space, but tell me I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, you know, so I was born into a Hindu family. And I don't know what you know about Hinduism, but we believe in a lot in metaphysics, right? But everything is about astrology, astronomy, 
So, um, well, I, I, you know, I'm 52 since yesterday, so I don't really believe in too many, uh, 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 too much organized religion kind of stuff, but I'm still quite spiritual. But in Hinduism, uh, everything uh, uh, revolves around uh, astrology and astronomy. So, for example, I was born in the, uh, whatever you call it, ascendant uh, uh, of Saturn, right? So that comes from your birth. So, yeah, you know, uh, if not fascinated, I was just drawn into uh, uh, space-related stuff from birth as a, as a born Hindu. So that's one thing. And second, of course, yeah, you know, you see so many great uh, uh, TV series, you see so many great movies, and of course you'll be drawn to uh, space. But yeah, uh, specifically that I wanted to do something in space, not really. I'm, I'm kind of an opportunist. Uh, opportunities. Uh, so uh, I'm an investor. And to say that I was always going to do this, and so no, that would be a lie. Uh, I'm doing this because there's a lot of money in, to, in it and because we're going to do something good for humanity and for Earth. So yeah, that's that's my long answer. Now I thought they're long enough because we're going to dive more into it. There's a lot of opportunity in space, obviously, because it's the last frontier. But how do you? Yeah, I, I, I guess these. I don't want to. I don't want to say this this way, but I'm going to say it this way. I mean, uh, you say there's a lot of opportunity. Yes, there's a lot of opportunity. But how do you make money back from it? Because there's no tourist industry, so to speak, yet. Or right. So how? how, yeah. does that, how do, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here, you know, putting this show together, and I'm thinking, yeah, I, I get there's an opportunity there, but yeah. there's I don't see the return. I guess is my my point. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you asked because that's, of course, at the core of our whole uh, space industries uh, 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 business. Uh, you know, you're not doing it for charity because there is no charity involved in it. Um, you have to do it because it has an economic incentive. Now, let's. I don't know how long I can uh, go on uh, with this, so you can interject and interrupt whenever you want. Okay. But I'm going to go on a uh, 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 kind of uh, uh, long answer here. So, first of all, Neil deGrasse Tyson said uh, the first trillionaire will come from asteroid mining. And he is quite right. Only we differ in the spot. We're saying asteroid mining is not really necessary unless you want something specific, specific to the asteroid belt. Uh, but let's make life easier and let's mine the moon. So yes, the first trillionaire will come from space, but not from asteroid mining as Neil deGrasse Tyson says, it will come from mining, but most likely, as we think, and we uh, model toward, is from moon mining. So there's a huge 
economic incentive. But you have to believe in it first, of course. But it's not just you and me or my team saying, okay, uh, uh, let's do business in space. Those models have existed since 50, 60 years. Now, Dr. Gerard O'Neill, uh, the Prince, uh, Princeton uh, professor, uh, known for his O'Neill cylinders, you know, rotating habitats, he, um, he had this vision of, you know, taking industry, heavy industry from Earth to the moon and in space. So that's where we have to go. That vision is not mine. That vision is his and certain others before him, most likely. But the question is then, okay, um, you can uh, have any idea, you know, uh, but how will you execute it? And that's where my team comes in place. My team and I, we are number crunching assholes. We're not visionaries. We're not uh, uh, space enthusiasts, you know, like, okay, let's do something uh, wild. No, we are number crunching, spreadsheet reading assholes. If something doesn't make sense, we won't go for it. My team and I have decided, you know, because we see the enormous potential, economy-wise, climate-wise, industry-wise, uh, 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 you know, um, and of course in the economy, uh, economic uh, incentive, there is a lot of sub uh, uh, sub uh, uh, worlds, which includes space tourism. So there's a huge, huge. Uh, 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 business opportunity there so now i i do want to interrupt you here because so the first sure, version sure. of going to space is for b2b for business to go out and mine and then you're going to talk about getting into yeah. tourism just to make sure i'm kind of no no so okay let me let me uh rewind yeah this is madness space business is madness but with a bunch of Smart people like my team, I have a very powerful team, very smart people, including people who, you know, have raised billions of dollars, private equity, uh, French capital, you know. Uh, we have an amazing team. But this madness of space business and space industries, you know, what we like to say with whatever we do, there is a method behind the madness. And I can explain you the method in detail. You know, although I don't do it often because we don't really need to. But yes, there is a method behind the madness. So yes, we're talking about moon mining, which is crazy, of course. And it's going to take, you know, 15, 20 years before we establish that in a large scale, on a large scale. But we begin here on Earth, you know, with a really silly space uh, 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 tourism business. So we start very small with something totally unrelated to moon mining. So we have the method that we say, okay, let's build this. Let's do this. Uh, you know, it, it, it is about space tourism, 
um, uh, well, near space because at uh, stratosphere, uh, including crazy thing like space diving, uh, and on, on, on wait, wait, floating. Wait. So on, I've got to interrupt you again. Space diving. It's like skydiving <laughs> on steroids, which I don't understand skydiving. Sorry, continue. <laughs> like skydiving, but then from 30 uh, kilometers uh, uh, altitude. Like Felix Baumgartner did with uh, uh, the Red Bull uh, Stratus uh, project 12 years ago. Yeah, which blows my mind. Okay, wait, we're at a, a key point okay. because we, we did kind of talk about conspiracy when we were just talking a few minutes ago before the show. So w- let's dive yeah. off into the first conspiracy here for just a minute. Sure. I, this is a yes or no question. And you're going to answer it, and we're going to put this to bed around here once and for all. Is the Earth flat? Okay. Um, the short answer is no, the Earth is round. And, of course, I know your audience will not like my answer there. Well, most of my audience will, but there's a small fraction of people out there who think it's flat. So that's why I'm asking. Well, I'm going to tell you why I think. And then you guys can decide what you think. Uh, and of course, you have known this uh, before uh, I, uh, me, but I'm going to just say it. So you can see with your own eyes the entire universe through a an, uh, 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 telescope. And you'll see that all the planets and the moons are what? Round. They are not, they are not flat. They are round. So there is one thing. Everything is round except Earth. (laughs) That's kind of very unique, right? So let's uh, put that as exhibit number one. Exhibit number two is we have, since the last uh, 60, 70 years, we have photographic evidence that the Earth is round. Well, spherical, right? So... You know, you can say, oh, that's fake, but it's not fake. Uh, in the next few years, like in five years, I'm going to take you to 30 kilometers height, right, Jim? Uh, I'll take you on my tab. You won't have to pay for it. Okay. Uh, but, you know, you'll be able to see that it is spherical. So that's uh, 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 that's exhibit number two. Exhibit number three is with, for example... Uh, lunar eclipses you know you will not see a disk shadow on the moon you'll see a circular shadow on the moon you you'll see a circular uh, 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 shadow on the moon um, eclipsing the moon I'm, I'm saying so that's that's uh, three fourth is uh, and I'm just uh, saying this on uh, from the top of my mind, okay? So, but the fourth is that you'll have an um, when you are at sea, when you uh, on the beach, and you'll see a boat going towards the horizon. You will see that at one point it will disappear. There is no other explanation than there is an, you know, um, an, 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 an horizon that you cannot see from your point of view, but that 
ship doesn't cease to exist because it will arrive at one time somewhere, right? And you can communicate with it almost uh, a real time. That ship will not fall off the surface of the earth at no point in its journey, even if it goes all the way and comes back over land through oceans to that same spot. It, it will not disappear. It will make a round uh, a trip, literally, around the world. So there are so many reasons to believe that the Earth is round, well, spherical. Okay, so now the next fun conspiracy. I told you we're going to have some fun tonight. You ready? I'm, okay. I'm sure. I'm sure you're ready for this one. The moon landing was a hoax. So, so you want to <laughs> well, go mine no. somewhere that is? You want to go mine cheese? It's a hoax. <laughs> yeah. So uh, first of all, um, I, I I wrote an analysis on rockets, right? Because. Uh, uh, anyway, that's uh, maybe for later. So I wrote an uh, analysis on uh, a critical analysis of, uh, of, uh, of rocket launch systems. Um, and in it, in the first few paragraphs, I explain and I put a source to it uh, that, of course, there are people who believe that the moon landing is fake. But I think it was Discovery that did a six-part series on it. So they took all the conspiracy theory uh, major points and they, they didn't outright dismiss it. So they went to research it in depth, even doing, um, uh, 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 um, uh, even doing uh, setups and even showing from camera standpoint, reflection standpoint, uh, uh, making a uh, replica of the uh, lunar uh, landing module, and so on. And the conclusion was, no, the moon landing could not have been faked. Not in a Hollywood studio, not uh, with photography, everything. So they did that six-part um, uh, uh, series on Discovery. Uh, if you want, I'll give you a link to the uh, to the uh, series. So I mentioned to you earlier that I've been doing these ad reads. I should have mentioned I should have did this one earlier, but we're going to get to it now. Let's get after it. Duckpondshop.com. Let's get after it. Duckpondshop.com. Okay. So let's let's get let's let's truly get after this. So you you want to go to space? You guys have been working at this for a while now. So what's what's the timeline going forward? Because I'm sure you're getting close to kind of, how do I say this nicely, getting off the ground. <laughs> that was a bit, that's, yeah. that's, <laughs> a bad, that's, that's the uh, dad joke and me coming out. I apologize right now no, for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so we believe, we, oh, so we have a different approach to space travel than Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or NASA or uh, ULA or uh, whoever. Right, we. That's why they don't really like me because I'm not one of them. We are not one of them. We are saying what you're promising is basically bullshit for long term, and I can explain to you in detail why. But okay, that's another thing. So 
we are saying first things first because of course indeed you need to finance this whole thing right how the hell are you going to finance billions worth of uh, re, uh, re, uh, research and development uh, 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 investments in um, uh, uh, vehicles uh, and so on let alone tens of billions heck let alone hundreds of billions so how will you do that Elon Musk cannot finance it Jeff Bezos cannot finance it they can finance a little bit but not entirely and how and what so that's what we say we specialize in business models we specialize in making sense of all kinds of nonsense we make you know we create a method behind the madness so we like crazy projects we think we are black swan event investors uh, and i can explain to you in detail but let's keep it simple for now we're saying okay in order to go to the moon and mine it in 15 20 years onward we have to first create infrastructure we call that orbital infrastructure you can find it on our sp- uh, website right uh, everything that i'm saying is almost um uh, 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 available on the website except with you i'm going into a bit more detail so we're saying okay let's go from now uh 2020 to the uh 22 2023 onward uh indeed what's the timeline but we're saying okay first of all you need to create an vehicle that will be your workhorse right uh so now today if you want to put something in orbit let alone to the moon you'll need a rocket right so rockets are our only ways to put stuff up in space of course there are a few other projects now like spin launch which i really like if they can do it but that's very small um uh small stuff right it's not tons it's not 10 tons or 100 tons you know let alone more megatons so we're saying hey we have to create a vehicle that is going to be able to to help us create infrastructure up in space and what kind of infrastructure I'll tell you in a bit but what is that workhorse cannot be rockets because if it explodes one day and one day it will which is the problem with rockets then your whole stuff is going to be uh uh grounded just like um uh, uh the government has grounded blue origin for now you know new glen so anyway uh i think new shepherd so um we say hey you know what let's go back in history which is what we all do uh by the way uh, jim whatever we are doing is not new most likely it's all part of old plans that we have went back to and we have uh, uh, decided hey that's interesting let's pick that let's pick that and let's pick that so we are not really the visionaries behind everything that, that what i just said earlier we just take the most 
amazing plans which haven't been executed because of various reasons. And one of them is uh, related to a plan uh, of 50 years ago to create a, a constellation of space solar power satellites. And they thought of a space plane, which was called the Star Raker. Now, there's a whole story behind that, of course, but the Star Raker was an amazing space plane planned by the guys who also built the space shuttle later. And they didn't do it because, you know, they chose for, um, uh, for other uh, technologies, which eventually became the space shuttle. But we say, uh, um, uh, uh, so we're saying, hey, let's take that star, star raker, which is a 50-year-old concept, and let's modernize it uh, in terms of design, in terms of material, in terms of engineering, in terms of technology, in terms of automation, in terms of computation, everything that we have 50 years later is going to make life easier. Now, that's a crazy thing, but it's crucial. So we're saying, let's, let's push this plan of a space plane. Now, the entire aerospace industry wants a space plane to happen, but they don't know how. And there are other space plane plans like Sierra, uh, uh, Sierra Nevada's um, um, uh, Space Dream Chaser and others like uh, Helios and so. But we are saying, you know, we don't care what they're doing. What we are going to do is we're going to copy the Star Raker and modernize it. And trust me, that's the way to go. And that's your workhorse. And it's not my plan. It's not uh, uh, new. It is a plan that was devised for a similar kind of infrastructure plan 50, 60 years ago. So you can then build your orbital infrastructure. Now, in order to build your orbital infrastructure, you also have to reach it without the space plane every time. So once you build it, you need to reach it. That's what you will do with a space elevator. Now, the space elevator is also not my idea or my team's. It's a very old idea. NASA went be, uh, after it. There is a whole international society of uh, uh, international society of space elevator and so on. Very learned people, um, uh, very distinguished groups, but they are approaching it from a different angle. They're saying, okay, let's put a space elevator from Earth's surface somewhere in the ocean, and then reach up all the way to geostationary, which is 40,000 plus kilometers up. And we're saying, not necessary. Let's build a space elevator. Yes, we'll call it a space elevator, but it's not going to be 40,000 kilometers. It's just going to be 100 kilometers, 100 kilometers. So we say, okay, let's do these crazy things, but let's do it as simple and simplified as possible. So the space elevator will reach 100 kilometers 
not 40,000 kilometers, connect with what we call orbital infrastructure, orbital rings. Orbital rings are the future of space travel. Not space elevators, not rockets, orbital rings. Well, 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 well. So, so I gotta, I've got to stop. Now you here. may want to. Uh, I've got to stop yeah. you for just a few minutes because I've, I've got to point out a few things for my, my English-speaking okay, American sure, sure. audience. 100 uh, kilometers is about 62 miles. So, I mean, that's exactly. I mean that's quite a whew, when you put that in perspective. I mean, I had to I had to quickly Google that because I was trying to count fingers and <laughs> I'd rather accurately report facts. Yeah. And I told I told you before the show, and I'm I'm going to do it now, and I'm going to make I'm going to make the point just because the guy who does my show notes, uh, Chris, I love him, uh, but he told me I didn't have the stones to ask you this question, but I'm going to do it because I'm fascinated because mm-hmm. I want I want your an- honest answer. What kind of music do you play oh. on a space elevator? <laughs> uh, the crazy thing is, you think it's an elevator. It's not. We call it in a space elevator because the industry calls it. I want to call it a vertical jumbo jet. So you will not be in an elevator. By the way, if you go to our website, check out the space elevator section. Of course, check out the rest, but you'll love the drawings. And it's uh, uh, inspired by other uh, uh, artists, but our artists uh, made our uh, um, uh, versions. And you will see the cabins that we'll use. Those are huge cabins. They are like vertical jumbo jets. So it's not you and uh, uh, three, four people. No, there will be 100 plus people on that uh, in several layers. So it's... um, it's going to be your music, your DVDs, or uh, your um, uh, media that you want to have. That's just not, unacceptable. Not That's be, just unacceptable. We need we need a direct answer to what kind of music we're playing on this. No. <laughs> you know, whatever you want, because you'll have your own personal. Like, you know, like when you go on a first uh, uh, first class flight. That's this. Okay. Okay. So, so the- it's, it's it's not different. So over sixty-two miles. I mean, I can't. I can assume that it's going to be pretty quick then. Yeah, uh, between three and four hours, depending on um, because, of course, such structure has never been built. You know, and you know, uh, to put in perspective, the other guys, with all due respect, because I really respect them, uh, but they want to build something that's forty thousand kilometers, right? Um, that's how many miles? It's crazy. Well, hold like, on. We'll get there. Uh, hold on. Give me one second. I've got that still open. Uh, 40,000. Uh, 25,000 miles. We'll round it up a little bit. Yeah. That's crazy, man. So, yeah. the, uh, first of all, they don't have the material with the tensile strength to do that, but they hope so in the next, uh, you know, whatever uh, kind of years. But, you know, that's not necessary. And I have more of this kind of examples. But anyway, so yeah, depending on the technology, because it will be magnetic levitation, uh, you could go fast, but the most fastest that you want to go in terms of comfort, which should be comparable to space flight, uh, sorry, uh, uh, airplane flight, is that we're going to go most likely... 20 miles per hour max. So most likely between 15 and 20 miles per hour. So yeah, between 
three to four hours up and then again after a while you'll go down with the same uh, speed okay oh before i forget uh, i found you on twitter which is a great way to connect with you i mean you're fun you're tweeting all kinds of stuff um but where can people where can people yeah. find you and the websites? Because we've kind of batted them around, but I don't think we've mentioned them yet. So let's get all that out there before I yeah. get out of control. Okay. Uh, yeah, let me plug that. Uh, so the website is Titans SI. So Titans as in the word. Uh, Titans and then SI for Space Industries. TitansSI.com. And you're, uh, what is it, Neil X1, right? Yeah. Yeah, that Neil X1 is my uh, current, uh, because I had my business account, which was Neil Lachman, but I am locked out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, Neil X1 is um, is my current one. And yeah, I do a lot of, you know, I, I used to write a lot about fascism, you know, um, political hatred, philosophy, uh, psychology. You know, I did my diploma in cognitive behavioral therapy and so on. So yeah, I do a mix of uh, tweeting uh, and yeah, I'll follow back whoever follows me. Make sure you tell them that you came from here because I get you a gold star for me. I don't know what it gets from, from <laughs> yeah, him. Indeed. <laughs> um, so Germantown Runner is asking about Pluto. So let's go into deep space now for a minute. Is it still, I mean, I know it was a planet and then it kind of lost its planet status and there are some people yeah. um, trying to bring it back. What about you? Where are you on this whole I would love Pluto to be a uh, uh, planet again. So there are technicalities and there are maybe some uh, facts that uh, would make it uh, not a planet in the technical world, but I think it should be. And if I remember correctly, Pluto is still part of the planets in uh, what I was uh, saying in the beginning, in Hindu astronomy. So, yeah. So it needs to come bring, back. Bring Pluto back. <laughs> you heard it <laughs> <Yeah>. here first. <laughs> we demand a recount <laughs> and adjustment of uh, what makes a planet. Now, okay. Yeah. So, so we're talking about going to, Mar or going to Mars. We haven't got to Mars. We've been to the moon. But I want to know about what's, what are we going to do about all the, I mean, you're talking about mining the moon. What about all the space junk? Could somebody, I, I hate to say this, but could somebody go up there and collect all these old satellites and make some money doing that? Nah, I don't think so. Yeah, you know, you, you sh first of all, in order to make money on it, you have to have a huge industry that can use that as recycled material. It's not non-existent as of yet. So for the next 20, 30 years, I don't think so. Whatever after that, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but we need to clean up those that we think would be in our way. Now, the Kessler syndrome uh, says, okay, it's going to get worse. But on the other hand, you know, for, for, for space debris, yes, I think there's a huge business opportunity uh, for space debris cleaning, but the technologies to do that, you know, uh, the, the, uh, it, it's not easy. And it, it's, it's gonna, uh, 
they are doing tests now, by the way. And by, you know, I'm not very impressed, to be honest, uh, with the tests that are being done these days. Uh, a lot of companies are going bankrupt while doing <laughs> the things, you know, which I learned over my, uh, you know, 30 plus years career. Uh, nothing is what it seems. But anyway, space debris, yeah, I, I want us to be involved in space debris too. Not because of the money that we want to make with it, because that's almost uh, non, <clears throat> not, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's nothing on the scale that we are talking about with doing my uh, our projects, but because we need uh, the space uh, to be clean. But you will have debris for always. You'll always have that risk. So you have the risk of space debris, but that risk of being hit by space degree, uh, debris is very, very little. You know. So even though, yes, it is a problem, and the Kessler syndrome will make it even worse, even then, the likelihood of being hit by space debris, you know, uh, will be you know, um, very small. Now, what is worse than space debris, you know, is non-human made space debris, right? That will hit you from anywhere and you cannot clean that up. You don't know where it comes from. So there will always be a risk in space travel, space debris or not. Well, wait, wait. Now, of course... Wait, yeah, I've got to throw this one at you. Are aliens throwing stuff at us? Or are you just talking about asteroids? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking about asteroids. I'm talking about real space debris. Not human-made or alien-made. <laughs> I had to. You know, you know, you knew it was coming at some point. Yeah, I, I was I was hopeful that you were going to tell me there's a little gray man out there throwing stuff at us. No, they're not. Take your Most junk, likely not. Take your junk back. Yeah, yeah. We should hit, hit them back with their own job. <laughs> that would be just, that'd be karma, right? That'd be just too good. No, <laughs> no. no I so, don't believe in aliens. Not yet, but maybe. Well, you'll, you'll be the first, you'll be, you'll call me first, right? When you change, when they change your mind. When I change my mind, you, you want to know why I don't believe in it or shall we move on? No, you can tell me. That's fine. I, 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 I believe on the abstract there's something else out there somewhere. But that's all the more I can give so, you. So, yeah. So, I'm not God, uh, if we have to believe in one uh, God or not. But uh, I'm not God, and I'm not perfect. Uh, so, whatever I'm saying uh, it doesn't count a a at all. But, so, there was this Fermi paradox, right? Enrique Fermi. Fermi. And he said this, right? Where are they, right? And the whole Fermi paradox is kind of genius in its simplicity. And of course, I was, what was this guy? Uh, um, uh, he did an equation um, on it. And they can't figure out, they can't figure out whether, uh, what the probability was of um, uh, uh, Drake equation. 
I was Drake. The Drake uh, equation tried to uh, 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 calculate the probability of an alien civilization, right? And there are proponents and opponents of, of the uh, outcome because uh, you can't really know. So, you know, <clears throat> I've been involved with a lot of pioneering stuff. I, I'm not, I don't want to brag too much, but I earned my bragging rights. Even though I, I was going to say, I was gonna say you, you've done well in your life, my, my friend. So go ahead, lay it out there. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, you know, for example, I in 1999 and officially in 2000, Dr. Barry Liner became my advisory board member. We're talking about 22, 23 years ago. Dr. Barry Liner, who was he? He had been the director of ARPA. And one, before the internet, there was ARPANET. And they had, he was responsible for bringing the ARPANET from a military application towards a commercial uh, 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 public uh, application. That was this guy, Dr. Barry Liner. Now, this kind of stuff doesn't happen just like that. Technology, I'm a technologist, I'm proud of it. You know, I, I'm calling myself an investor because I'm an opportunist, right? But I'm a technologist, first and foremost. Technology doesn't happen out of the blue. It doesn't appear suddenly. It evolves one way or the other. Now, models may be revolutionary, right? But, you know, uh, it, it's very hard to invent stuff or develop stuff. So in order to have the same technological prowess that we have as human beings on planet Earth and to have something that is superior that we see in the movies and in the series, you know, crazy. Uh, it, they would have to have exponentially more powerful applications and innovations in order to be superior to the human race. And I think that's highly unlikely. Now, there's this series, of course, you know, uh, you guys all know about it, Ancient Aliens. And the only thing that I can sometimes say about it is, hmm, indeed. Because I'm talking about Hinduism, right? So I'm not a really believing Hindu at the moment, right? I'm too old for uh, organized religion. But Hindus believe in all kinds of stuff, right? And they, and, and, and you would say, well, if that isn't that kind of God, it must have been an alien. That's like that guy always says, you know, in the, in the memes. Uh, I, I'm not saying it's aliens, but it was the aliens, right? Uh, it could be. I'm not saying it wasn't, right? But in order to have the internet, for example, what I was uh, started with uh, Dr. Barry Liner uh, story, in order to have the internet, the, the it had to be a perfect storm of developments, going back even further, further, further to the transistor. The invention of the transistor didn't come from an alien or from my uncle 
from my father, it came from a technologist, a scientist at Bell Labs, right? It didn't come from an alien spaceship or whatever. So, you know, that, that's technology, uh, you know, uh, that, that, that's the internet. Um, uh, aerospace, right? Space, airplanes, before that, there was the non-existent, you know, uh, 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 dream of flying until the Wright brothers. So how then had, must it must it have been developed elsewhere? How? Who? So do we believe in parallel universes where the aliens are in another kind of form than us humans, but they have the same kind of developments or superior? I don't believe so. By the way, I believe in the parallel universes, uh, universes but not elsewhere. You live in your universe, Jim, right now, and I live in mine. That's what I believe in a you know, parallel universe, uh, universe. Because after this conversation, you'll go on with your life, and I'll go on with my life. Yeah. But in order to talk about aliens, it has to be a perfect confluence of events, inventions, um, uh, uh, you know, developments that is most likely, uh, most unlikely. So, yeah, I'm not saying no, but I'm saying most probably there is none. So it's of course crazy because in such a huge universe, why would we be the only? But then the question can also be why not? So let's peel this back a minute because you cut, you mentioned technology and you've kind of beat it around. We've been we've been outer space for a while, but what's what's you've been around for thirty years. We'll peel that back a little bit too, just for the sake of making us no. feel young for a minute. Um, Technology is great because technology is making this conversation happen. It's made this show happen. I mean, you're, we're talking about the internet being in its infancy still, and like the show's eleven years old. So you mean you've been investing for twenty years on the front side of that. So just talk about how technology has changed in the course of your. I don't want to say your time. I don't want to make you feel old, but you just had a birthday, so maybe you do. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I love technology. People with, uh, you know, quadriplegic people are now going to be walking with exoskeletons. Crazy. Now, I don't believe in a brain transplant like uh, Elon Musk does. That's, you know, uh, fucked up uh, crap. But anyway, uh, excuse my friends. No, no, it's uh, good. But, <laughs> but, you know, uh, technology, so we have to be realistic, but we have to be also optimistic. And then we have to, you know, find ways that we can optimize things. But technology is a blessing. People are, you know, always complaining about the youth on their uh, smartphones, you know, not going out uh, too much. That's not true. They go when they can and they, they when they want. You know, we're living in different times. Let them, right? If they want to spend time on their iPads and iPhones or, or, or smartphones, 
let them. Right? We cannot bitch about the youth, about using technology. Uh, was it wrong for the youth to gather around the radio, analog radio, 100 year, uh, 50, uh, 60 years ago? No, right? Or to TV. Uh, so anyway, we, we have to move on. Technology is a blessing. We are living longer lives, healthier lives, and we are only going to improve. You know, so technology is a blessing. I, you will never hear me a bitch about, um, excuse my friend, about technology. Now, the, you know, I, I believe in uh, a lot of stuff that a lot of people may not believe in today. Like I'm talking about orbital rings. That's crazy, right? But 100 years ago, they, uh, they, they, they thought, hmm, we have this steam engine, we have the inter internal combustion engine, and this is it. This is the end of it. There will not be any more, more amazing technologies. That's what they thought 100 years ago, even before um, uh, uh, the airplane, you know, air flight. Uh, so we, we are limited by our own thoughts. That's our only, you know, uh, uh, imprisonment. But technology will make things happen, right? You, you know, and we, we cannot say today what's the limitation. So, of course, there are some limitations with, between technology and physics and technology and application, right? For example, um, uh, uh, autonomous driving. Uh, Elon Musk is saying, okay, we need to have autonomous driving. Why? And they keep on hammering why? Because they will save 35,000 deaths that are caused by car crashes. Wait a second. That's great that you want to do that. That's very altruistic, you know, which you have to be careful about, of course. But, man, okay, you may prevent a few thousand deaths from those 35,000, but how many new forms of death will come from autonomous driving? Right? So, Yes, we have to be careful with technology, uh, but you know it's 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 one of our most amazing uh, 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 tools for civilization. So, oh, jeez, Pete, I looked down. I, I've still got to do this one. Shifting gears, brought to you by EvergreenPodcast.com. Shifting gears, brought to you by EvergreenPodcast.com. Okay, we've mentioned Elon a few times. Have you ever crossed paths with him? Have you ever met him? No, no. But, you know, I'm going to tell you something that I don't tell often. In 1999, everybody knew my company, Internet Hypergate, Satellite Broadband. We advertised everywhere. We were everywhere. Everyone in Silicon Valley knew about us. So Elon Musk, uh, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, everybody knew about our company. We were the first about satellite broadband internet before it was a real technology, which was the reason why we didn't succeed in it or uh, 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 proceeded with it. It was 1999. And then in 2000, of course, we had the huge crash, right? Yeah. But 
satellite broadband, for example, Elon Musk, um, thank you very much. We're going to be entering that market again. We are the original pioneers behind it. But anyway, uh, talking about uh, Elon Musk, no, I haven't met him, but they have met me, my name most likely. Uh, and that's not today or yesterday. It was 23 years ago that they knew about me. And, uh, you know, okay, yeah, what about it? Jim? I'm just fascinated. I'm just fascinated by you guys that talk about space. You, Elon, uh, Richard Branson, Jeff Bezos. I mean, there's so many of you. Yeah. I mean, the the cookie yeah, cutter is you know kind that, of the same for you guys, but not really. Yeah, you know. The, so what we differ in, uh, differ in is they are saying they are doing this because of this and that, and we are saying, okay, we are in it because of a few main reasons. But the most important reason is it's going to make our company a multi-trillion dollar company. You know, so that's the most driving force. It's not altruism. It's not my desire to be an uh, amazing space person or, you know, among the space billionaires. I don't give a shit about that. The thing is, with bringing heavy industry not tomorrow, not uh, uh, in, in a few years, but in 15 years onward, when we have the infrastructure in place, you can have unlimited transportation of humans and cargo back and forth from Earth to the moon. Now, that is going to be huge. And we are going to do it step by step. With rockets... And this, uh, uh, you know, when you follow me on Twitter, you'll see that I do analysis sometimes. I do threats. One of the threats is about, you know, uh, the bullshit of the rocket industry. They are saying in 30 years, blah, 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 rockets and so on. And that's not going to happen. Rockets are the most uh, dangerous mode of transportation ever invented. So if you are deluded about, and I'm talking about the big guys, right? Elon Musk, um, uh, uh, Jeff Bezos, ULA, uh, including NASA. If you think that humanity will be interplanetary species because of rockets, you are deluded. I, you I, are I, thinking, I, I'll give you the prime example, and you're going to laugh. I hope you laugh at this. Okay. I remember as a little boy watching the Roadrunner and the Coyote, and the Coyote bought these rockets from Acme all the time, and they either blow it up in his face mm-hmm. or ship them off somewhere he didn't want to be. Oh, wait. You're talking real life. Yeah. I'm talking about a cartoon. <laughs> I am so sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, but it's true. Uh, uh, rockets are dangerous. They are explosives, right? They are controlled explosions, right? And, of course, we're getting better in it. But the likelihood of Jeff Bezos dying on his own rocket was one in thousand. While the likelihood of you dying on an airplane is between uh, one in one million and one in a billion, most likely, right? So it's, okay, it's very cute now and then, but when people start dying on your freaking rocket, what's going to happen, you think? (laughs) It's not going to be good. The whole industry will be scrapped. It's not going to be good. Investors will walk out. Uh, we are now seeing the effects of 
global warming, we have cancellations of launches, we have cancellations of uh, uh, even fueling, right? What we had just this week, just a few days ago, uh, even yesterday, cancellation. You know how much money that costs? So no private enterprise will be able to keep on doing that kind of crap. Their investors will walk out. That's why you need freaking space planes. That's why you need orbital infrastructure. And from that orbital infrastructure, we launch spaceships. But it's from orbit to orbit, not from surface to surface. And that you can see in the orbital infrastructure part of our website. Oh, man. So, okay. So we, you have to come back on. I know you don't do a lot of media, but you have to come back on because we barely scratched the surface. I still have a full page of notes over here. <laughs> my pleasure. It would be my pleasure. Okay. So I, we have a little fun question we normally ask guests at the end of the show here. And I'm going to ask you, sure. and, and the guy that posted it originally is probably going to cringe because he's like, there's so much more stuff you should ask him, but I just got to ask you. <laughs> okay. You're, you're kind of off schedule, right? Because you told me you're up late anyway, so breakfast probably isn't your thing, yeah. but... I'm sure you have that first meal of the day whenever you get up. So what is it? Yeah. What do you have for breakfast, my man? When, so I almost always go out for uh, food because I'm a terrible cook. I don't have a girlfriend uh, who takes care of me at the moment. So um, I'm too lazy to make my own food. Uh, but I go out for food. And, yeah, I have, uh, you know, normal breakfast, um, eggs, and that's about it. If I have breakfast and yeah. if I go out for breakfast, yeah, I was gonna say just you, normal breakfast. Oh, we were hoping for something exciting. I'm sure. No, no, no I'm not that excited because I, you you told me about your brother. We 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 got to get to that. We've got some team members' stories that we wanted to get to, and like I said, we're we've got like a minute and a half left, which is just not enough time to yeah. get into the yeah. end of that. Yeah, yeah. no. So. no. Uh, but uh, what, what I want to tell your audience is something funny and beautiful. One of my brothers in the team before his passing was Rutger Hauer, Roy Batty, this, a cyborg from Blade Runner. And I'm going to give you guys a link to my blog that I posted I, th I think 13, 14 years ago where he answers me the question about his beautiful death dialogue, uh, uh, monologue uh, from Blade Runner. I'm going to give you that, guys. Okay, we'll, we'll get it, and I'll make sure I get it part of the, the show notes for everybody else that isn't here live, which, unfortunately, you know, people, yeah. No problem. <laughs> Neil, like I said, we've got to get you back. There's so much to talk to you about, so I appreciate the time. Oh, and uh, go get some sleep. Yeah, thank or, you. Or, or, yeah, or whatever you're going to do. <laughs> thank you, Jim. <laughs> Have a good night, my thank friend. Thank you. You too. Thank Yep. So there we go. And, uh, yeah, that was just, oh my, I'm, I'm still, like I said, I've still got a page of notes over here of stuff that I kind of scribbled down as you guys were popping questions up in the chat room on the duck pond. And I had a page, a big chunk of notes of my own that we didn't even get into. So, uh, yeah, and he's just a wealth of uh, information, and there's more coming in the chat room, and oh, boy. So, like I said, we're just having a good time here tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did, because that was, wow, that was phenomenal. 
And um, yeah, we'll be back next week and we'll be talking about who knows what next week, but tonight with space. It's the Mallard Report. Yeah, the Mallard Report. Hey, I want to thank you for joining us. It's been a good show tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. Take a few moments, subscribe, share, all the fun stuff. You know how to do it. I don't have to tell you. Just uh, be ready for next week. It'll be sooner than you think. Hello everyone, my name is Tom Kearns and I host the Anglo-Saxon England podcast where I cover the history and culture of England from the departure of the Romans in the 5th century to the Norman Conquest in 1066. So far we've surveyed the collapse of Roman rule in Britain, the migration of the Anglo-Saxons and the history of Northumbria from its beginnings in the mists of legend to its destruction at the hands of Viking raiders in the 9th century. I hope you'll come and give it a go.